This episode is brought to you by Barry on HBO. Critics have hailed the comedy's second season as fascinating and hilarious, remarkable and audaciously original. 17 Emmy nominations, including Outstanding Comedy Series. Visit hbo.com slash FYC for more on Barry. Hello and welcome back to The Awardist, the podcast for Emmy voters, TV fans, and our friends. I am Henry Goldblatt, and I'm so here, thrilled to be here with two of my friends. I'm Lynette Rice. Hello. Hello, Henry. I miss you. I miss you as well. And Kristen Baldwin in New York. Kristen, hi. Hi. We missed you last week. I know. I missed you guys, too. We kind of went off the rails with that <laughs> Is that what happened? It was a hot mess. A yeah. little bit. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what happened? Yeah. At one point, we spoke pig Latin, too. Who was it about? Was it about Lori Laughlin or what, where did we no, go? It was, no, it was... And it wasn't pig Latin. It, I just used... We were discussing the Game of Thrones creators who didn't show up to come oh, yes. right? And yeah, I said yeah. they were a word that rhymes with wussies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then we went in Pig Latin when it had to do with the whole college entrance scandal. Was that a Felicity thing? You mean I Ori Lachlan leg? Yeah. Ori Lachlan leg. <laughs> do you know what language I could never speak is that abba dubba Oh, no. I thing. was never that good at Pig Latin either. Anyway, what just happened? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> anyway, before we get into all the Emmy stuff, um, uh, we have the nation's preeminent 90210 expert with us. Um, the nations. The nations. Maybe the world in Kristen really? Baldwin. And Kristen, I want your instant reaction to the Beverly Hills 90210 revival, which um, just debuted earlier this week. You know, it's interesting. Uh, The first episode took me on a journey. I went from, oh, God, is this terrible? To, oh, God, is this terrible, but I love it? To, oh, my God, I love this. So by the (laughs) end, I really loved it. I saw the second episode as well. I think it's really sweet, uh, funny. It has some super corny moments as well, as did the original show. But I think it's a great, uh, smart twist on the idea of a reboot. And it's definitely just for fans. I adored it so much, speaking of fans. Um, I f- think that Jenny Garth is a great little actress. I think that Jason Priestley is a good little actor. Like, I enjoyed seeing them together. <laughs> but only yeah. little actors. No, well, I didn't need to be defeated that way. <laughs> I, the, they, um, they were both wonderful. And, Kristen, correct me if I'm wrong, and um, you may know this. I feel like this is the first series that ever has explored um, an elderly woman coming to terms with her sexuality. <laughs> elderly. Her sexuality. Is that for, uh, what's her Gabrielle, job? For yeah. Andrea? Oh, Gabrielle. elderly. I mean, Holy she's, crap! She's fifty-eight, and and she does. Uh, they do make fun. She of reads her. older. She sure does. They make fun of her in the in the premiere in that she's becoming a grandma for the first time, and she rides the bus around, you know. So, uh, but she's got definitely good sport. But yeah, I mean, she's she's exploring her sexuality, and you know, good for her, Gabrielle slash Andrea, Andrea. Exactly. I just asked Anthony Henry if I read older sitting across the table. <laughs> no, of course not. And I'm going to get flamed for everything I just said, <laughs> yeah. and I feel horrible, yeah. but I'm sorry. And I didn't mean to say anyone was a little actor. Um, I meant to say Jen, Jason Priestley and Jenny Garth are both very good in the show, and I've enjoyed watching them. So, Okay. To that. <laughs> so anyway, um, we're going to be talking about best drama today on the, all the drama categories of the Emmys, and later on in the show, you'll want to stay tuned for Kristen's conversation with um, Billy Porter, who stars as Pray Tell and Pose, and um, Kristen, you're very excited to talk to him, I imagine. Yes, and I can't wait, obviously, to ask him what he's going to wear to the Emmys, because his red carpet looks are unparalleled. Absolutely unparalleled. I think that was, on nominations morning, I think his nomination was one of the 
most exciting ones to me for precisely that reason. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so it should be, he's had plenty of time to plan, so it should be a showstopper. Um, you'll definitely ask him that, I hope. For sure. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, so let's dive into the best drama category. We're not going to waste any time. And Lynette, why don't you take us through the last year's nominees and winners and what we got going on this year? Okay, last year's nominees were, what a, what a, what a, what a lineup. The Americans, The Crown, The Handmaid's Tale, Stranger Things, This Is Us, The Lone Broadcast Show, and Westworld. And the winner was Game of Thrones. And what was interesting about these coming nominees in 2019 is a lot of the 2018 nominees weren't eligible because the Americans wrapped up, The Crown wasn't on the air, The Handmaid's Tale started late, Stranger Things and Westworld didn't have seasons, so we've got a whole new crop this year. And Kristen, why don't you take us through the, who those are? Yes, so this year the nominees are Better Call Saul on AMC, Bodyguard on Netflix, Game of Thrones, of course, HBO, Killing Eve, BBC America, Ozark on Netflix, Pose on FX, Succession on HBO, and once again, the lone broadcast holdout, This Is Us on NBC. Before we go any further, can we talk about the biggest snub in this category by far? They're just not watching it. I think we just have to come to terms with the fact that no I, one is freaking watching I will CBS never come All to Access. Terms. I will never come to terms with the lack of love for the good fight. Never. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. All of us. And we're not the only outlet, EW. So many outlets write about the brilliance of the show. Why, is they, why are they not paying attention, Henry? I have, no, I have no idea. And I'm looking at this list of dramas, and there's some very, very good dramas on here. I would throw each and every one of them out so the good fight could be on it. Exactly. Like, look, people. Ozark. I, I, Ozark? <laughs> really? Yes, we know yeah. you have Netflix already and it's just bubbling up in your queue and you see it. Like, fine, fine. Ask for a comp subscription if you're really that cheap, you know, and you're an Emmy voter, you'll get a comp subscription to CBS All Access and you can try the good fight. Also, Heck, the, I'd even, I imagine they'd even send you the DVDs if you wanted right? to. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'd yeah. probably send it to you on Betamax if you're No, really they'd that. come to your house and act it out. Yes. Kristen, there's another nominee, too, that you would gladly sub out. You can say it. Say it right now. Which nominee would you sub out for the good fight? This is you us. Know it. Yes. <laughs> this is us for sure, a hundred percent. You know what? I made the decision last night, like as I was falling asleep this season, I'm not watching it. Like I'm I'm literally I'm free. I'm not doing it anymore. And you I don't feel you like told, you have a fiduciary duty or anything to do with it. Have you told nope. our colleague Dan Sneerson because that may send him over the edge? I have not. I have not. I've just decided, you know, like life is too short to have 44 minutes plus commercials of you know frustration and and yeah. irritation and as a critic I've already written about the show and my thoughts about the show I don't think I need to do that again so I'm just going to I'm going to clear that hour off my schedule and I'm <laughs> you're like peace out this is us I'm, wow. so I'm casino <laughs> clapping and just like bye <laughs> um, there's one other snub I want to mention in this category, which I don't think is as egregious as The Good Fight, but it was still surprising to me, which was Homecoming yeah. on, on Amazon Prime. And it would have been, what, at least in recent memory, it would have been the first half-hour drama that would have been nominated for Best Drama. I thought it was terrific, and again, I would sub out a whole bunch of these shows to get that one in. Yeah, it's really surprising. It was kind of snubbed across the board, and... Uh, it was excellent and a really good example of how you can do a half-hour drama. Yeah. I think all dramas should be half oh hours, God. actually. <laughs> Honestly. Right. Right. Agreed. All right. Lynette, we want to pick who will win and who should win in this category. So why don't we start with who will win? Lynette, who do you think is going to take it? Game of Thrones. 
for obvious reasons. Uh, I don't think the um, quote-unquote scandal of the final season, specifically the last few episodes, are going to hurt the show. Uh, I think it's going to win for the enormity of the show, for the length of the show. And it, it, it's, just, it's brilliant. And the fact that it still commands so much attention, I mean, it, it's... It, it's his historic show. Um, and who do you think should win Lynette? Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> For all the reasons you just said. Yeah, I don't feel as strongly as I know that you had issues with. I don't know about Kristen. Did you have issues? With, I didn't have issues with it. I still loved the show, and I did go through a mourning period after it was gone. I went back and started binging the show for a third time. Wow. Um, it just made me sad because wow. uh, it's such a great show. And you miss that. You miss the appointment of it, and I miss those characters, and I miss the writing. So, you yeah, um, I think it, it will win. Kristen, who is your pick for will win and should win? It is Game of Thrones for both. And even though I didn't watch Game of Thrones uh, essentially ever, I've seen a handful of episodes. I read the books. Let's, you know, whatever. I, I get it. I get it, people. As much as I love Better Call Saul, I think it will have another season to win, certainly. If I had to pick a should that wasn't Game of Thrones, I would say Better Call Saul. But I think, you know, Game of Thrones, as Lynette pointed out, not only was it a huge hit and very creatively satisfying for many fans for years, it, you know, it did uh, changed television in a lot of ways in terms of what television uh, could aspire to be. So I think it deserves it for its final season. God, I hate to be boring, I but I agree with you completely. I think Game of Thrones will win. Should win. I had a lot more problems with the final season than you did, Lynette. I was more on the what have they done to the show bandwagon. <laughs> um, I'm just going to put a little plug in for a show that I just rediscovered, actually, to be perfectly honest. And I'm not saying it should win an Emmy this year because it's still in its first season and has room to grow. Um, the first three episodes of Succession um, were horrible absolutely horrible they really uh, were you get back in start with episode four or five it is a, it's a different show. I don't know what they did and how they course corrected. So you think people can skip the first three, basically? I 100% think people wow. can skip the first three. Oh, I mean, you just need to know the basics. You, the yeah. family, re read a, re read a recap and then read yeah. a recap and then do it. It's um, the tail end of the season is just terrific. It culminates in an amazing way. The cliffhanger's great. Like I highly, highly recommend it. And it won't win because it was not nominated in any of the acting categories, basically. I think this was sort of the gift of um, this nomination was the gift itself. So... It's worth a plug anyway. And more than anything, this is a great list uh, uh, how-to on, on what shows to, to binge. Uh, these are all such incredible shows to binge. And, and this is, the, I mean, if they're doing a service. They're doing a service for those who don't watch enough television. Okay. I got a couple. Um, I got some trivia for you guys. Yes. First question. Has Game of Thrones been nominated for every season it has aired? No. Yeah. I don't feel like it did at the very beginning. You were both wrong. It was oh. wrong for every season. Um, how, how many times has it won? Uh, four? I, uh, three. Three, correct uh. or not? Um, this is a hard one, and I'll prompt you with some clues. But there are, a, a, there are four other shows, excuse me, five other shows that were also nominated for every season that they aired. Five other dramas. Five other dramas in the world. Yeah. Um, West Wing? West Wing is correct. Wait, uh, oh, we have to name four more? No, well, I'll name uh, one more and I'll help you out. Uh, L.A. Law? L.A. Law was not. I did check on that. NYPD Blue? 
Um, too many. LA Line NYPD Blue ran a lot of seasons, oh, so that true. would have been tough in the time. Um, 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 ER? You can get one more. Um, no, ER Dirt. also ran too many Dirt. seasons. Okay, um, uh, we can get one more. This is terrible. Oh, The Sopranos? No. Gosh! Um, Henry! Give us, like, a just one little hint. Um, two of the shows in particular are very, very recent in the past, like, four or five years. Oh, um... Oh, uh, Breaking Bad. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. And Mad Men. Oh, oh that, how can we forget Man. that? It's easy for we me to forget. We were going too far back. <laughs> and yeah. then, the, well, the other two that are pretty far back are Lou Grant, which was nominated oh. for its five seasons, and 30-something. Again, oh, half-hour show. Was it, oh, no, no, Lou, it was an hour. an hour, yeah. Oh, gosh, I forgot that was a drama. Okay. Okay, and wow. last question. What was the last procedural to win of the best drama category? 24. No, it was, I didn't consider that a procedural. I'm going to oh. say... Boop. Boop. Um, well, so we know CSI didn't win ever in no. the history of ever. Procedural? I mean, are you sure? Are you stretching it? No, I'm not. Oh, I'm, Law and Order. Yes. Yeah. Law and oh. Order won in 1997. Wow. Oh, how sad is that? So it's been 20 some years since procedural drama. Oh, won. that's so sad. Law and Order. That's a good one. But yeah, I get I get 24 definitely. It was a serial. Give me a chunk chunk, Christian. For Law and Order? Chunk chunk. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the best actor category. Um, Kristen, why don't you take us through the 2018 nominees last year and what we've got going on this year? Sure. So we had last year Sterling K. Brown for This Is Us, Anthony Hopkins for Westworld, Bob Odenkirk for Better Call Saul, uh, Liev Schreiber for Ray Donovan, Kevin Spacey for House of Cards, Milo Ventimiglia for This Is Us, and the winner was Matthew Reese for The Americans. So that was a nice little send-off for him. And this is another category where there's a lot of turnover because yeah. a lot of these people weren't eligible or weren't eligible again. Or were being you know, tried yeah. for uh, harassment. <laughs> yeah. Or were, uh, yeah, outcasts in society. So this year's yeah. nominees, we've got Jason Bateman uh, for Ozark, Sterling K. Brown for This Is Us, Kit Harington in Game of Thrones, Bob Odenkirk in Better Call Saul, Billy Porter as Pray Tell in Pose, and Milo Ventimiglia as Jack in This Is Us. Were there any notable omissions in this category? Anything that like really got your goat? Richard Madden from Bodyguard. Um, that's another show. I can't stress enough. This is something that you've got to binge. Uh, he was marvelous in this, especially you know transitioning from the hero he played in Game of Thrones, and now here he plays a, a broken hero, uh, but entirely different kind of character. I, I loved it, and it was it's short and it's action packed. Oh, such a great show. Uh, Kristen, how about you? Was there anything that bothered you in this category? Uh, you know, again, I would have loved to see, like, literally anyone from the Good Fight nominated. <laughs> you, know? Uh, you know, I guess Delroy Lindo, right? He is so good. He would be lead actor, wouldn't he? And I think he might be supporting, okay. but I agree he should be nominated. Uh, like, literally anyone. Anyone. Yeah. Nominate Christine Bransky in this category. I don't care. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, so that uh, just the overall snub of that incredible cast makes me sad. And I thought Stephen James was a revelation in Homecoming, yes. like holding his own opposite Julia Roberts and doing so with a plum. And um, it's really just so charming and like yes, such and a, so many. He oozes charisma. Yeah, he really does. And it's like a, a tricky role, you know, because uh, he has to sort of deal with a lot. Uh, and it's drama and it's comedy and it's very like two people sitting in a room, you know, but he really holds your interest. And yeah, he was fantastic. Yeah, I completely, completely agree. 
All right, I think it's my turn to start for who will win and who should win. All and right. my answer to both questions is Kit Harrington um, from Game of Thrones. We talked about I wasn't crazy about the season, but he put in like hero's work of mm. um, carrying this thing across the finish line. He was in every, he was like a little in almost every scene <laughs> and uh, he's the hardest working man in show business. And I think he's going to be rewarded and probably should be as well. I'd like to do a combo who shouldn't win and who will win. <laughs> you got it. Lynette. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, as much as I love Sterling K. Brown, who's dominated this category for the last couple of years, I sure hope that that doesn't happen mm. in knocking out both Kid and, of course, the wonderful Billy Porter. I mean, I hope it's I would be happy if both Kit and Billy uh uh, as should wins um, either one, but if it's Sterling, I'll be I'll be super sad. Um, who will win? Uh, Kit Harrington. Kristen, how about you? Yeah, um, I think who should win uh, because he's just overdue is Bob Odenkirk for uh, for Better Call Saul. He's incredible in this role, like such a charismatic and funny and moving and just really just uh, sort of vivid performance that he needs to be uh, honored for. But, you know, he'll have future seasons. So I think who will win is Kit Harrington, And that's I think that's probably the right choice. Great. All right. A couple uh, quiz questions for you all. Uh-oh. Um, how many of these performers in the 2019 crop of nominees of Best Drama Actor, how many of them are repeat nominees? Okay, so... Odenkirk, Kit, Harrington. Yeah, yeah. Sterling. Odenkirk, Sterling. Milo. Milo, uh, uh, Jason. Jason. So all but Billy? Um, that is correct. Um, Milo had three previous nominations. Sterling had three. Kit had not been nominated in this category, but he'd been nominated in supporting. Right. Um, Bob Odenkirk had four. Billy Porter, as you mentioned, didn't have any. And Jason Bateman has had two. Ozark. I wonder if it could be a Billy Porter upset. That would be kind of exciting. It would be oh, very but exciting. I would be sad Speech, for Speech, I know. I know, but Billy's speech would be so great. It would be amazing. It would be good. All right, it's 2007, and the nominees are James Gandolfini, James Spader, Hugh Laurie, Dennis Leary, and Kiefer Sutherland. Who wins the Emmy? Spader. You are correct. I I was going to say Sutherland, (laughs) but... um, No, remember, the Emmy voters love some Spader. They love some Spader. They really yeah. do. They do. Yeah, yeah. They love some Spader and they love some Shaloub. <laughs> they sure love some Shaloub. <laughs> that is for sure. All right, moving on to Best Supporting Actor. Um, the 2018 nominees. Um, Kristen, you want to take us through those? Sure. We had Nikolai Coster-Waldo from Game of Thrones, Joseph Fiennes from Handmaid's Tale, David Harbour, Stranger Things, Mandy Patinkin, the Patink for Homeland, Matt Smith for The Crown, and the winner, Peter Dinklage from Game of Thrones. And this year's nominees are Alfie Allen from Game of Thrones, uh, Jonathan Banks from Better Call Saul, Nikolai Coster-Waldo from Game of Thrones, Peter Dinklage from Game of Thrones, Giancarlo Esposito from Better Call Saul, Michael Kelly from House of Cards, a nomination that Lynette totally called, and Chris Sullivan um, from This Is Us. Like, what is that? What is that? (laughs) What is that? To show on NBC. Yeah, like, voters what, love what, some Toby. What, the, what? Because of all of his, like, his turn as a depressed <sighs> dude. I'm, I Listen, I'm not going to begrudge Chris Sullivan as Toby, his nomination, but if they're going to do that, I'm going to have some problems later on in the show, which we will talk about. Okay. But um, the snubs, I found a lot of snubs in this category. Yeah. Um, for starters, um, Kieran Culkin is a 
effing revelation in succession. Like he plays just a complete, complete D bag and he is he's he's mesmerizing. He's and, so charismatic um, on screen. Like he really oh is. My god. God, I, I mean, his his complexion is debaggish alone. He's so pale, and <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> I, he's, I just think he's extraordinary in that show. I would have loved to see him in this category. And if you're going to nominate someone from This Is Us in this category, it should be Justin Hartley. Yeah, I think more than Chris Sullivan. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so. you know, I agree. I think he has a trickier job. We've talked about this. I'm not sure if you mentioned this, but Bobby Cannavale from Homecoming also so Completely good. agree. So good. He was so freaking funny and scary. All right, Lynette, who is your will win pick for this category and best supporting actor and your should win pick? This is hard. Uh, definitely will win will be Nikolai from Game of Thrones. Really? Um, uh, yes, I think so. I think it'll be a sweep. Uh, should win, I would really love to see Alfie Allen as Theon from Game of Thrones and it is Nikolai is an obvious choice because he's a lead but what they put Alfie through to play Theon and he, I mean his old journey from a cocky little craphead to then a prisoner and then redeeming himself by helping out his sister and his family I, I it was it was so great and then the end the way he valiantly died I, I, I that deserves it deserves a trophy and a footnote here on Alfie Alan and Gwendolyn Christie who we're going to be talking about later um, the show didn't submit them for Emmy nomination mm -hmm. so they submitted themselves and they both got nominated so good for them I, I do love that they both were like well fine I'll do it myself and then they right, both right, got right. nominations <laughs> Kristen who is your will win and should win in this category I mean I feel like uh, it's got to go with Dinklage like if people love yeah, him I agree he's, with you. No, he's won uh, three times before he's been nominated what seven eight times? times and eight times and like I don't know I just I get that there's you know Nikolai also had a big uh you know, big season, but I feel like when you're looking at all this and you know it's got to go to a Game of Thrones person, it's probably going to go to Dinklage. I co-sign everything you just said. I think it's going to be him, and um, he had a he had a great last season in a show that I had some problems with. I said, but he had a great last season, so um, <laughs> so I'd love to see him win, and I'm sure his speech will be great as it usually is. Yeah. All right. Same question as the previous category. Which of these nominees have or have not been nominated previously? Ha have not? Have not, yes. Well, Alfie, of course. Mm -hmm. Frickin' Chris Sullivan. Mm -hmm. Repeats are Michael, Giancarlo, Peter, Nikolai, and Jonathan. So, absolutely correct. Peter has been nominated eight times in this category. He's the most nominated performer ever in this category. Oh, nice. Uh, Jonathan Banks with six. Michael Kelly with four. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito with two, as with Nikolai. And Chris Sullivan and Alfie. Allen with this is their first nomination. You know, Chris must be so excited to go to the Emmys. <laughs> All right, so how many years in a row did West Wing actors win in this category, in the Best Supporting Actor category? Oh, well, how long was the show Four? on? Four? Yeah, that feels safe. Four is a good guess, but it was three. three. They won four total. Yeah. Um, they won three in a row from 2000 to 2002, and then Alan Alda won again in 2006. Alan. Wow. Alda. We don't want to revive. Also great on The Good Fight. Again, <laughs> all roads lead back to The Good Fight. <laughs> they really do. All right. We are moving on to Best Actress in a Drama, a.k.a. the category that Christine Baranski should have been nominated in. So, I know. Kristen, why don't you tell us about last year's nominees? We had Tatiana Maslany for Orphan Black, Elizabeth Moss for Handmaid's Tale, Sandra Oh for Killing Eve, Carrie Russell for The Americans, Evan Rachel Wood for Westworld, and the winner was Claire Foy for The Crown. 
And Lynette, how about this year? Who's got who's got a nomination? Amelia Clark for Game of Thrones. Jodie Comer uh, in Killing Eve. Viola Davis in How to Get Away with Murder. Laura Linney for Ozark. Uh, Mandy Moore for This Is Us. Sandra O oh for Killing Eve. And Robin Wright in House of Cards. Lynette, I really do want to give you a shout out because you were the only one who predicted a House of Cards like that would sneak into these nominations and you were absolutely right. Yep, and I think I was also the only one of you to predict Claire Foy's win last year because you guys were like so anti the crown. We weren't anti And I'm like, girl, Foy, boy. Weren't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that, it was worth it just for that. <laughs> Should we just spend the rest of the podcast talking about Christine Baranski's snub, or do we just put a pin in it and move it on? Just, I don't know. You know, I feel like I just, I don't even know what to do with myself. Like, who are these people who claim that they love television and the art of television acting, and they are not honoring truly one of the best performances of the decade, and the woman is a national freaking treasure. I wish we could just pull all of them, but there's so many voters. I know. And, the, I know. and I fr- I'm afraid oh, we'll find the one that said, well, I checked her name, I checked her name. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I just, I, I really, it frustrates me that, like, it's not like Christine Baranski is somebody they don't know. You would think they would at least make an effort to be like, oh, well, I know I've liked exactly. her in other things because she's a goddess. So why don't, you know, I just at least watch one episode of this show. Um, and speaking of well-known names, Julia Roberts was also snubbed in this category, which is crazy, stunning to me. And like, f- even if you watch Homecoming and you kind of forget it's Julia Roberts. And for Julia yeah. Roberts, that's a, a ter- tremendous, tremendous accomplishment. Like, she just falls into this mousy role. And you're like, you're reminded of what an amazing actress she is. And it's so bizarre because I think what happened, you know, we were all thinking like, oh, it's a lock. Of course. They love, you know, she's great in the role. They love movie stars. There's no way she's not going to get nominated. And I almost feel like every voter went in thinking like, well, everyone's going to write down Julia Roberts. So I'll just write down someone else, you know, that I that I like, you know, for example, Robin Wright or whatever. And they threw, the, threw their vote another way. And it turned out everybody did that. And nobody wrote down Ju- Julia Roberts. It makes me sad. We are going to send this category back to voters. I really feel like we should. And they can't come back to us until Christine Baranski is on the list. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Like, I'm just going to, I'm going to be like your fifth grade teacher sending back a book report. I'm going to be like, nope, do it again. Do it again. Over. Insufficient. Over. F plus. F plus. All right. So given that Christine Baranski is ineligible to win in this category, um, (laughs) Lynette, what do you do with it? Who's going to win and who should win? Who should win? Who should win? Amelia Clark. She should definitely win. And who will win? Oh, I'm really worried about them killing Eve babes. Um, uh, But I believe Amelia for both, simply because of... Didn't, she's never won, right? I don't think Amelia has ever won. I don't believe so. Uh, um, and, you know, maybe we just give it to her out of sadness that I'm sorry you had to die. Such an yeah, unfortunate Spoiler. death. Spoiler. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. No, somebody will. Somebody will tweet us. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry. Kristen. Who is your will win and should win? I think, honestly, Jodie Comer should win for the nomination she didn't get for season one. (laughs) Like, I feel like she should win for season one and two. I was not a big fan of season two. I thought it had some real problems, but her performance is still fantastic. Uh, Really, really just fully formed from the get-go and uh, funny and scary and, and just 
which is a wonder. Uh, that said, there will be future seasons, uh, and I think will win is Amelia Clark, and I think that's okay. I think she, you know, she did a lot of work uh, over the course of this show, and it's, you know, I think I'm I'm not I'm not mad at the Emmys when they want to do sort of a nostalgic send off type win where they're like you you know here's your lifetime achievement for this uh, show that you've worked so hard. <laughs> the woman's not even 30 years old, and she's got I know, a lifetime I just mean achievement. Lifetime as Khaleesi. <laughs> yes. Um, all right, I um, disagree with you guys. I am going to go with should win and will win as San- for Sandra O. Oh. Um, wow. Kristen, I huh. agree with you completely that um, this season was subpar. I think she was, um, no offense to the lovely and wonderful Claire Foy, I believe Sandra O oh was robbed last year um, and really should have won for that, and I think Emmys are going to correct that mistake. Interesting. Controversial, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> little tri- a little quiz for y'all. What show has won the most awards in this category? Actresses from what show? Oh, gosh. Drama. Drama. Sopranos. ER? What? Cat- I don't know. Are you binging in on, like, on like pop TV right <laughs> I'm just, now? I'm just going to guess ER. I'm just going to guess ER for every question, and eventually it will be right. Um, you are both wrong. It was Cagney and Lacey, which had won oh! six awards. Oh, my God. Four in favor of Tyne Daly and two for Sharon Glass. Could you identify which one was Cagney and which one was Lacey? Oh, so um, um, Sharon Glass is... Um, uh, is is Lacey, Lacey, and then our other girl is her. Yeah, you are one hundred percent wrong. <laughs> that was a trick question. Well, how was it a trick? You, you had a fifty fifty chance to get it right. You should have said it the other way around. Identify Lacey and Cagney, and then I would have been fine. <laughs> I literally was looking up, and like it was one of those things that like I'm looking up and looking up again and again because I kept forgetting it. Like yeah. I just don't like if I asked you this question right now, you would get it wrong again. Probably yeah. so. Yeah. I know. And it's like, I don't know why that is, you know, because I certainly watched the show and I was aware of the show and I know who they are. But yeah, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> and Lacey. They tried to bring that back last year. With our girl Sarah With Drew. Sarah Drew from Grey's Anatomy. Oh, um, yeah. And they didn't yeah, pick it up. It didn't get picked up. And then I wrote a headline, Sarah Drew is out of work again. And, f- and Grey's fans got so mad at me. <laughs> Oh Those Grace fans are intense. <laughs> Those Grace fans will get you. They, yes. will. they will. They will get you. Yeah. All right. The final category we are working on today is Best Supporting Actress in a Drama. Um, Lynette, who were last year's nominees? Alexis Bledel from The Handmaid's Tale, Millie Bobby Brown from Stranger Things, and Dowd from The Handmaid's Tale, Hulu. <laughs> does, does that joke go beyond the Entertainment Weekly offices, or like, is it a well? No, I think it's just in this room. <laughs> it's just in this room. Yeah, yeah I think Hulu. Uh, we love it way more than we should. Yeah. Yeah. Lena Headey from uh, Game of Thrones, Vanessa Kirby from The Crown, Yvonne Strahovski from The Handmaid's Tale, and the winner was Thandi Newton from Westworld. Kristen, who we got going on this year in the category? Well, this is a uh, jam-packed category of Game of Thrones actresses. We have Gwendolyn Christie from Game of Thrones, Julia Garner uh, from Ozark, Lena Headey from Game of Thrones, Fiona Shaw from Killing Eve, Sophie Turner from Game of Thrones, and Maisie Williams from Game of Thrones. So, wow, that's a lot of Game of Thrones in that one category. It's a lot of Game of Thrones. And a little bit of trivia here. I could, in the past 20 years, I could only find one other show that had like th- three nominees in this category or more. And it was actually The Practice from 1999 when Holland Taylor, Lara Flynn Boyle, and Cameron Manheim were all nominated. Wow, and that's nice. Holland Taylor won. 
Oh, our girl. She's our girl. She is. Um, <laughs> and uh, don't be sad for Cameron Mannheim because she won the year before. Oh, good for Cameron. Yeah. All right. Um, snubs in this category. I'm just going to I'm going to go on a monologue. Do it. Audrey McDonald and Chris Jumbo, both from The Good Fight. Big time. I mean, whoa, whoa, I mean. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, Kristen, you had the one of my favorite, favorite, favorite um, turns of writing ever when you called Chris Jumbo a walking Emmy reel. She is. Like, literally every scene she she's in, whether she's doing, you know, just something supposed to be serious or funny or emotional, she's just so good. And... I, and Audra McDonald, like, come on. Is a national treasure, just like Christine Baranski. Are they, yes. are they allergic to nominating national treasures? I don't know. I don't know. Um, so America hates talent. I don't know. I don't know what it is. <laughs> that should be Simon Cowell's new reality show. America, America hates, hates talent. talent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so then the other beef I have is that Susan Kelechi Watson did not get a nomination here yeah. where um, somebody else that we had talked to be about before snuck into the Best Supporting Actor category. I don't know how you can look at Susan Kelechi Watson's performance and on that show and not think it's one of the best performances on that show. She and um, Sterling K. Brown elevate each other in every scene that they're in. They're the most watchable couple on the most show. Most quotable. Everything they say is yeah. damn funny. Um, so I was incredibly disappointed about that. Yeah, it's very frustrating. They seem very weirdly like uh, myopic about who from that show they want to know. Yeah, I, um, I agree completely, and that was a disappointment. Anyone else? No. <laughs> oh, Rhea Seahorn uh, from Better Call Saul is so good. Uh, so fantastic this season, especially. She has some scenes where she's just literally listening to people. And, like, she listens to Jimmy read a letter at one point, And it's some of the best acting I've seen this year. And it's frustrating that she didn't get nominated. All right. So given those constraints and complaints, um, Lynette, who is your will win and should win? Gosh. Gosh. Spoiler, it'll be someone from Game <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, this is hard. Well, who, sh who should win? Who should win is Gwendolyn uh, Christie as Brianna of Tarth. Um, who will win, I am going to say... Gwendolyn Christie. I think um, <laughs> uh, only because, um, you know, Lena, she deserved to win in previous seasons. I don't know. This certainly she wasn't. She had nothing to do this she year. Had nothing to do but stand there with her arms crossed. And even Maisie Williams, we didn't get full Aria uh, in all her glory this season, uh, except, of course, when she killed um, the White Walker dude. Um, but... Um, I even then we didn't but the Gwendolyn if if only for that fireside moment with um um with Jamie with Jamie it was just it was it was gorgeous it was great I would love to see her up there Lynette I agree with you 100% I think will win um is Gwendolyn and should win is Gwendolyn for the, I, if she submitted that scene which presumably she did um, yeah. the scene in which Jamie knights her um there's no question it was one of the most powerful scenes of the season I there's no question in my mind that she wins then my second choice if I had one for a Game of Thrones actress would be Sophie Turner um, who mm -hmm. I think of the rest that were nominated here she um, had the second strongest season yeah I think it'll be Gwendolyn Christie as well should and will in part uh, also because she submitted herself I love that I feel like it has to go to somebody in Game of Thrones um because it would be really weird if it ended up like being Fiona Shaw <laughs> <laughs> I mean she's amazing on that yeah show. yeah 
but she is comic relief on a, uh, you know, sort of dramatic thriller. So it's going to be interesting to see the nominees next year in 2020 for this category, because this whole category is going to be cleaned out. Yeah. Finally, we'll get uh, some good fight. Like exactly. It. And Susan Kalechi Watson. All roads. All <laughs> roads lead back to the good fight. fight. Actually, all roads are going to lead back to Billy Porter because Kristen's yes. conversation with him is up next. So stay tuned for that. Grammy Award-winning actor Billy Porter can now call himself an Emmy nominee as well. As Pose's loving and outspoken Pray Tell, Porter serves us emotional drama, outrageous comedy, and pure Emmy-worthy realness. Billy, thank you so much for being here. Hi there. Hi. Congratulations on on all the nominations. Thank you so much. So first, I want to start talking by talking about this week's episode, which was huge for Pray Tell. Tell me about your reaction when you first saw the script and you saw that uh, Pray Tell and Ricky were going to have this big love scene. And it was, you know, such a beautiful moment for the show. And I would imagine a big moment for you as well. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> well, I was panicked. <laughs> yeah? The first thing I felt was panic. You know, I I signed a nudity clause. <laughs> yeah. And I signed the nudity clause as a character actor. <laughs> right. So I never in a million years thought that they would ever make me get nude because... In my 30-year <laughs> career, I've never been the object of anybody's affection in anything. So I'm not used to that. I'm not yeah. used to people seeing me as a leading man. I'm not used to people seeing me as a romantic lead of anything. So I, it's so new for me, and it's really um, interesting because it requires being a leading man in that way and being sexual in that way requires a different kind of gumption <laughs> that's not quite mm-hmm, that's, not yeah. the, that's not quite the word but like you have to believe it yourself in order to sort of tell that kind of story confidence sure. is the word i'm looking for you have to have a certain kind of confidence um and right. so i had to get that confidence quick so that i could <laughs> tell this story you know i just had to fake that confidence it's a lot it was it was interesting i jump off the ledge i'm a person who jumps off ledges I don't mind doing that, so I try to apply that, um, which is what I do all the time in my life. I try to apply that, and right. I think I did. I hope I did. Um, you know, I've only watched it once. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did a great job, and it was really, like, it. you know, a lot of the things about this show, you know, uh, are, are firsts and groundbreaking, yeah. and I thought it was really lovely that, you know, we've seen uh, Pray Tell for you know, almost two full seasons now. And it was great to see him just as a character, yeah. you know, f- yeah. find that kind of connection. Yes. Yeah. It was beautiful. It was loving. And, you know, we get a lot of um, airtime as African-American men killing each other. We, mm-hmm. uh, we get a lot of stories about that, but we get, but we get very few where we see black men trying to figure out how to love each other. Um, right. And that is really thrilling and exciting. And I'm so honored and humbled to be a part of that kind of transition 
in the market in general. Did you like cut out carbs for a week or anything like that? Like what's your what's your emergency prep for a scene like that? Well, I've never had to prep for a scene like that before, so I didn't have no emergency prep. But I have to say <laughs> in the last in the last you know, sort of 10 years of my life, I've gotten to a place where my health is more important. I became diabetic, um, mm-hmm. you know, hereditarily diabetic about 12, 12 years ago. And oh. I was already, it's type two, I was already a healthier kind of person. It just sort right. of made me really, it's not a diet. You know, it's a lifestyle, so I'm already in the lifestyle, so I didn't have to really do anything because I'm where my 50-year-old self is comfortable being. I'm at a nice, healthy weight. I am active, and that's all I can do. I can't worry about it anymore. If I'm going to be a superhero, then the company will put me on my superhero diet and my regime, (laughs) and we'll do that when that time comes. But as a normal person, as a normal, regular person, I was already there. So, yeah. Well, that's great. The show has done this since the beginning, but this season especially, they're really, you know, there are these wonderful big moments with the balls or, um, you know, those really uh, sort of spectacle moments. And then yeah. there are these beautiful, like, small moving moments, like yeah. tell having the conversation with Blanca in the kitchen where he says he's going to start taking the HIV meds because, yep. you know, he realizes. And, like, they're both, you know, require a very different type of performance, I would imagine. What's it like balancing those types of different moments uh, that the show does so well? Well, it's dreamy for me. You know, as an actor... And as an artist, the the first part of my career was all about being one thing, was all about being uh-huh. the flamboyant, was all was all about, you know, sort of the equivalent of the balls. But that was it. Right. That yeah. was all I got, you know, and I longed <laughs> to be able to tell real human stories, to be able to, to strip away the artifice to strip away the performative part and get to mm-hmm. the meat of the human being. And right. it's just been thrilling, you know, to be a part of this and to have somebody, you know, to have creators see that, see that right. part of me and write to that, you know, to see these people as human beings. I think, you know, that's, that's what we need in general. That's what art gets to do. That's what we as artists get to do. We get to to show the humanity of all different kinds of people and create empathy and create change. Um, and so mm-hmm. it's thrilling. It really is thrilling. Every script I get, I just, my mind is blown and I just feel so lucky. And, it, you know, one of the things that really surprised me about the show initially is, you know, obviously there were a lot of headlines about how groundbreaking it was in terms of casting trans actors and LGBTQ, you know, behind the scenes and on screen. But then when you watch the show, you know, there are a lot of uh, great stories in that vein. But it's also a very, it feels very traditional and yes. heartwarming in a way. And yes. I mean, I guess, is that when it was first pitched to you, was that, did that come through in terms of what you heard about the show going into it? Well, I I come from this world. I lived this era and I understand Mm -hmm. and I am also an out gay man, you know, of a certain age. So I know what the journey is. I know that this is all about chosen family. I know Mm -hmm. it's a family drama. 
And what is different about it is that it's about chosen family. It's about people who have been rejected and put out by their biological blood families and find a chosen family that lifts them up and, 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 and we live through life together. Um, Yeah. I knew that that's what it was going to be about because that's what it is. And it's, you know, some of the best scenes, I mean, the balls are fantastic, but I also just love like the dinner scenes, you know, family dinner. Yeah, Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Because this, because this group of people then and now and continues to, we continue to face the type of discrimination Mm -hmm. and um, the type of phobia that creates spaces where we're where we find ourselves on our own right? very often. And so what I love about this show is that for those out there who don't know that chosen family is an option, they're learning that chosen family is an option. And all these characters, they're doing it to survive. And uh, I did think it was beautiful, like at Candy's funeral, you know, just the idea that, you know, she was able to have that conversation with her parents, you know, where they accepted her and, you know, no, you know, that wouldn't happen in real life because she was a ghost and whatever. But like, it was a beautiful, it was a beautiful thing to see, like the idea that that could happen. And it can happen. And it, and it, and, and, you know, as artists, we have the power to create change. You know, yeah. we have the power to do that. And it's in these spaces and in these times when it's our responsibility to create the fantasy, to create mm-hmm. the what if, to create a space where you can imagine and envision a world where parents do accept their trans children. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know you're, uh, you're on a limited time frame, so I'm going to, the, the last question I have to ask you, uh, is imperative because you've become not only are you, you know, a TV and stage, uh, superstar, you're also a red carpet superstar. Uh, <laughs> can we discuss, I know you're probably in the early stages, but let's discuss your look and I'm spelling it L E W K for yes, Emmys. What are you, what are you thinking? What's your look going to be? Well, I'm not going to tell you what the look is going to be, but what I will say is it is Michael Kors custom couture. Um, <sighs> sort of right off of his fall 2019 sort of runway theme, couture runway theme, which is Studio 54. So you can expect. Wow. How did you settle on that? We've just been trying to work together for a while. You know, mm-hmm. I went to the I went to the to the fashion show. I went to Men's Fashion Week, and I saw the fashion show, and I just said that has to be something. You know, and at this yeah. point, I, I, we have to use this, you know, this theme and this these looks for something. And right. you know, Michael is such a I'm such a huge fan of his work. He's such a huge fan of mine, and we wanted to make sure that we partnered on something big. So even as far back as that as the fashion shows earlier in the year, I said, you know, if an Emmy situation comes up, Michael Kors is the one who I want to work with. So Excellent. thankfully it happened well, that- and blessedly we are. 
Well, I mean, as much as I look forward to seeing who wins that night, I almost as much look forward to seeing your look on the runway, on the red carpet. Thank you so much. And congratulations again, and I can't wait to see the uh, final two episodes of the season. Thank you. Thanks Thanks for having me. That'll do it for this week's episode of The Awardist. If you like what you hear, give us a rating and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Radio.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you don't like it or you just want to talk about TV, tweet at us. I'm at Kristen G. Baldwin, and my partners in crime are at Lynette Rice and at Henry Goldblatt. Let us know what you think and join us again next week.